0: Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is for the drive-in service on January tenth, two thousand twenty-one, and for the podcast service. I'm grateful that you're all joining us. This is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and uh, just wanted to let you know I miss you guys terribly, um, but I'm really excited that you get to hear from a mentor, hero, friend older brother, dad figure, all that stuff. Um, Reverend Barry Martinez is going to be sharing from the word. Just a um, quick word about Barry. Um, when I first met him, he was the junior high pastor at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. And I first met him at that, uh, like, hipster before it was even, the hipsters were hipsters, I don't know, on uh, 17th Street called Plums and gathered around with probably about 10 to 12 junior hires and uh, I met him and he was eating everyone at the table's leftover lunch and since then uh, I usually introduce him with this is Barry Martinez he can eat more than anyone you've ever met Uh, he's an amazing man of God Um, all kidding aside He's, a, he's been my shepherd he's been my uh, pastor um, all these years he's the best boss I've ever had and uh, please give him a, 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 a really uh, give him your ear um, God has a lot to say through him uh, to us this morning our call to worship comes from Psalm 29 proclaim his majesty all you mighty champions you sons of almighty God Give all the glory and strength back to him. Be in awe before his majesty. Be in awe before such power and might. Come worship wonderful Yahweh, arrayed in his splendor, bowing in worship as he appears in the beauty of holiness. Give him the honor due his name. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
1: Good morning, morning. Uh, I've spoken about the history of the uh, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant Choir and about the special music programs that we've presented, but you know there's so much more to music, to a music ministry than just music. Presbyterian uh, Church of the Covenant Choir members have dedicated themselves first and foremost as prayer warriors uh, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians what am I to do I will pray with my spirit but I will pray with my mind also I will sing praise with my spirit but I will sing with my mind also the PCC choir prayer ministry was started by a former director Tony Brocious and has been continued by Carnoel Radolescu, our present director We always end our weekly rehearsals with a time of prayer for those in our PCC congregation who are sick, who are in need of comfort, or who are facing life-changing decisions. Sometimes these people will come to our rehearsal room for laying on, on of hands and prayer. And these people aren't always members of PCC. We've had people from other churches and from our neighborhood who have given us the privilege of bringing their issue to the Lord. I have precious memories of people sitting on that front pew of our rehearsal room as choir members surround them with prayer. Feeling the presence of our Lord at these times cannot be adequately described. When our COVID lockdown's finally over and the PCC choir can once again meet, you can be assured that the sweet music of those prayers will ring out more clear and more beautiful than ever. Thank you. Please rise.
2: Man, are you hungry today? I am. I didn't eat this morning before church, and sometimes when that happens, I get really hungry during church. What would you think if we all had a little snack this morning instead of a children's sermon? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I brought a bag with some snacks in it, so let's see what I have in here. Oh my, we have a problem. I don't think there's anywhere there would be enough to feed all of you. Let's see, there's got Nathan, Ryan, Austin, Everly we have. Yeah, there's just not enough for all of you. You know, though, this reminds me of something that happened to Jesus and his disciples one day, and something we'll be discussing a bit more in Sunday school. Jesus and his disciples were very tired and needed some time to relax. They got into a boat and went away to a quiet place to rest. When they reached their destination, there were people there waiting for Jesus. The Bible tells us that there were 5,000 men, and who knows how many women and children. They wanted Jesus to teach them and heal the sick. Jesus needed to rest, but when he saw the people, he loved them so much that he forgot all about being tired. He healed the sick and taught the people about the kingdom of heaven. Soon, though, it was time to eat. The disciples went to Jesus and said, "'It is getting late. We are hungry. "'Send the people away so that we can go and get something to eat.' "'Jesus answered, "'They don't need to go away.' "'And Jesus said, "'You feed them.' "'Feed them? How can we feed them? "'We have five loaves of bread and two small fish. "'That is all the food we have.' "'And Jesus told the disciples, "'Bring, bring the loaves and the fish "'and tell everyone to sit down in the grass.' "'And Jesus took the loaves and fish "'and looked up to heaven and gave thanks.' He then gave the food to the disciples to give to the people. If I were to share my snack with you today, there might not be enough for each of you to have a bite. But when Jesus blessed the loaves and fish, the Bible says that everyone ate until they were full. And that's not all. After they had eaten up everything and they were full, they gathered up leftovers. Can you imagine taking the few snacks I have in my bag and feeding everyone here today and still having food leftover? We couldn't do that, but God could. So what we can learn from this Bible lesson today is that we, what we have to give what we have to God, and he can take it, bless it, and do more than we could ever imagine with it. Even though we may not have very much, little becomes much when it is placed in God's hands. Pray with me. Dear Father, just as Jesus used the lunch of a small boy to feed more than 5,000 people, we pray that you will use the boys and girls here today to bless everyone they meet each day. Amen. At this time, I'd like to dismiss children and youth to Sunday school.
3: God judges the nations with righteousness and answers the poor with justice. Trusting in God's grace, let us together confess our sin. God of glory, you sent Jesus among us as the light of the world to reveal your love for all people. We confess that our sin and pride hide the brightness of your light. We turn away from the poor. We ignore cries for justice. We do not strive for peace. In your mercy, cleanse us of our sin and pour out the gifts of your spirit that, forgiven and renewed, we may show forth your glory, shining in the face of Jesus Christ. The mercy of the Lord is like rain, like showers that water the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is like rain. It showers that water. It cleanses the earth. It cleanses us. In the name of Jesus Christ, We are forgiven. Amen.
4: Let's sing together. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, ever cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord of the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise, praise to the, the King. Mountains bow down and the Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to work. Let faith arise Be still there is a river that flows from Calvary street a fountain for the thirsty your grace that washes over me let faith arise this faith or i
5: scripture reading is out of Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. At once the Spirit sent him out, that was Jesus, into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the animals, and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and eventually a call to repentance. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts today. Show us, Lord, in this passage, an understanding of who you are in your mission. We pray all these things in the most precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, first off, I want to say thank you to Jason for the uh, introduction ahead of time, uh, but also for letting people know that I eat more than anyone else that he's ever seen. He's probably accurate, and my wife would atone to that. Uh, I want to set the stage as we look at Jesus uh, in this series for 2021, Getting to Know Jesus. So Jason uh, had sent me this passage, and I started to think through this, Getting to Know Jesus. In this passage where he gets tempted, it was interesting that he goes out into into this desert, into this wilderness, and he's fasting for 40 days, and he's facing temptations the entire time. So that's the stage we want to set. In the, in the, in the stage, I want to uh, give a little bit of a, a stage setting for this to happen. Jesus was just baptized. The Holy Spirit had come down in, on him in the form of a dove, and people were just in, or uh, were going to be in awe of this Jesus. John the Baptist knew of him, and when he saw it, he said about Jesus, getting to know this Jesus, he said that. there's one now coming, and this is him, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. So I was ordained back in 1985. um, And after my ordination, I was recognized in ministry and kind of a stamp of approval as a pastor, as this person that was ordained for ministry. And afterwards, right afterwards, they had a luncheon. Uh, They had, I was given some gifts, some cards. I was encouraged I was congratulated. I even had a pay increase. And and over the next several weeks, I was recognized as a pastor, and that was pretty neat. So contrasting my ordination and recognition into ministry, I'm looking at Jesus's. So Jesus, right after, at verse 12, it says, "...at once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness." And where did he go into the wilderness for his luncheon? (laughs) No, He went and he fasted. He began his fast for 40 days for 40 days. And then it says, and then he was hungry. I get hungry when I wake up in the morning after fasting while I was asleep. (laughs) So it's a little bit different. So now I'm starting to recognize this. Jesus was an absolute, just, he was tough. He was, he walked in, he walked in these sandals, not just these shoes, and he showed us some things. And we'll get to know that as we walk through this. I have, I don't know if you've ever been asked if somebody, if from somebody, if they want to give you the, the, the question is, do you want the good news or the bad news? I've got good news and bad news for you. I've never, you ever asked that. I asked my wife that quite a bit and she says, I don't want the bad news. I just want the good news. but I got to give you both of them. There's good news and bad news. The good news is, uh, our faucets leaking. The bad news is I think I can fix it. And she says, that's just okay news. Good news, bad news. So today in this message about Jesus, there's good news, bad news, and good news. And so we'll get to that in, in just a couple of minutes. Good news, bad news, and good news. To getting to know Jesus, we need to understand his why, his, the reason he's doing what he did, that we need to understand his why. So in looking at this, why did he go into the wilderness right away? Why didn't he celebrate? Why didn't he go back and start getting his his uh, uh, apostles, those disciples that he was going to pick, why didn't he do that right away? Why did he have to go through this, this process of fasting for 40 days? And why did he face the temptations? And why didn't he use his powers to overcome these instead of being fully man at that time, though he was fully God? And to go into a little bit more detail, I'd like to read from Matthew chapter 4. It's a parallel passage, the first 11 verses. And also uh, Luke chapter 4 is another one if you want to look that up. But Matthew chapter 4, it goes into a little bit more detail. So I'm going to read from that. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days, he was hungry. The tempter came to him, and the tempter was the devil. He said, "If if you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written. He goes back to the Old Testament. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That was Jesus' retort. That was his, that's how he combated the tempter. The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written. So now the devil is using Scripture. And he uses it, but he twists it for his his mission. I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody and you're telling them about Jesus and they'll use a Scripture, but it's not accurate. And so in this, he says, if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. In other words, try to just throw yourself off this temple. For it is written, he will command his angels, that's God, will command his angels concerning you, Jesus... And they'll lift you up in their hands, so you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan was tempting Jesus, trying to tempt him to use those powers and to distort scripture. And Jesus again combated him. He answered him, he said, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor, the beauty of all the kingdoms. And he said, all this I'll give to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Look to me as the one who can give you these things. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written. And this is kind of a, a, this is how he fights. So growing up, we fought as, as kids with our fists. And we got then on the sports field with our helmets on our shoulder pads in football, and you did different things, and you w- were physical. But Jesus, the way he combats this tempter, was he said, it is written for the third time. He said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 11, it says, then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. And in the Gospel of Luke, it says, the devil left him until another opportune time. He was going to come back. So getting to know Jesus, we, just, we really need to understand his mission, his why. And there are four things that I want to bring out. One, it was to obey his Father. Obey his Father in heaven and do everything that he does. Don't veer to the left or to the right, but to obey him completely and fully. And if, in my mind, I was think, well, he's Jesus. He's also God, so that's going to be easy. But he became fully man. And though he knew it, it was still going to be difficult. And sometimes we know it. My wife says I should cut down from to 2,500 calories or to 2,500 calories from the 14,000. I know it's supposed to be good, but it's still difficult. Still difficult. I can start out and I could say, all right, today's the day. Healthy, rolled oats, fruit and vegetables, and it's good until I get hungry. And then it's calling to me, Barry, come to me. And those burger and fries look so, so good. So I have decisions that I need to make. So Jesus used his scripture to to combat the temptations that were out there and that were trying to get him to loosen his grip on the Lord. So part of his mission, the first one was to be obedient to the Father. The second one was to proclaim the good news that God loves all people, not just the Jews not just the Hebrews, but part of Jesus's mission. His second part was to proclaim that God loves all people. And the third one, that he would be the sacrifice for their sins. They didn't need to take an animal any longer and slaughter it as a sacrifice. He would be. That was the third part of his mission. The fourth one was a call to repentance, to change their ways and to follow his. Now, Satan also has a mission. To getting to know Jesus, in, in this passage, we want to look at this passage, we need to understand who he's fighting against. This is the devil. And Satan's mission was to get Jesus to abandon his mission. To get him just to ease up. And in a few minutes as we end this, you'll understand to loosen your grip. A couple of friends of mine, One is a, he was a national champion wrestler. And he told me that one of the differences between the champion wrestlers... He was a high school national champion and went on into college and wrestled. He said it was a grip. And one of the things they would do is they have this this, uh, exercise tool that they would hold it tight. And in between, as they squeezed it, you would hold a, a coin, like a quarter in there. And you held it for as long as you could. And so I gripped it and I held it. And then uh, I tried to beat a minute because he held it for over a minute. So I'm holding this in there. I'm thinking I can do it. And he started to talk to me. And as I listened, I was still holding it, but I listened to him. And all of a sudden I loosened my grip and the quarter fell out. And I thought, oh man, I knew I had enough strength to keep holding, but all he needed to do was to get me distracted from holding on and squeezing that. And you needed to squeeze it even when it got tough to beat the other person in this little game that we played. Satan's mission was to get Jesus to abandon his mission. And it hasn't changed. It's still the same today. His mission is to get Christians to loosen their grip on the Lord. is to get us to relax, to take our foot off the pedal. And I would say in our country today, oh, we need Jesus. We need the Lord. We need revival. But it starts here with us. And so if Satan can't get us to go and sin... One of the things he can try to do is to get us to lose our grip on the Lord and our calling, our mission. Our mission is for Christians is to be obedient to the Lord, is to continue his call. Now Satan, when he was with Jesus, his tactics were to trick and deceive and tempt Jesus. Think about that for a second, to trick, to deceive. He's known as the great deceiver. Satan is called in the scriptures the father of lies, the great deceiver. And he seeks to steal, to kill and destroy without any mercy. Zero mercy for us. Zero mercy. He wants us, if he can't keep us from hell as a believer, one of the things he can do and try to do and he, I think he can be successful at if we don't hold to our mission is to get us to loosen our grip so that we won't let other people know. As Jesus told us, by our good works, people will see our good works and our faithfulness to the Lord, and they'll end up praising our Father in heaven. But if he can get us to slide and just think inwardly and not outwardly and upwardly, then I think he's, he's, he's won a small battle. So I talked about good news, bad news, and there's good news. So here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus walked in our shoes, He became, though he was fully God, he became fully man and didn't exercise his powers to take the shortcut. He didn't do it. He stayed faithful to his call. He became a a role model. And I think we can look at Jesus as you study him and you say, he is the perfect role model. And God has come to us via the Holy Spirit to help us in every area and temptation that we face. Every area and temptation that we face, God says. I will give you the Holy Spirit to be your strengthener, your counselor, your comforter, and it's there for the asking. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says that Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are, yet he was without sin. And I I love Jesus for that. He isn't this ethereal God that is so far out there that doesn't relate. And part of the reason he went through those 40 days and made himself weak so that he could understand everything that we're going through, and he walked in those shoes. That's good news. The bad news. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to let you know there's bad news. If you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian today, <laughs> life is going to bring us temptations, trials, and tribulation. Let's look back at 2020, and wow, what a year, huh? Not a lot of fun. I've had friends that have lost their businesses, I've had people that are just have gone in the tank. I've seen frustration. I saw a country that I grew up in that I loved seem to split. I've seen arguments and, and, and verbiage that I never thought would come from Christians' mouths about people that didn't agree with them. We could go on and get into the weeds. That's not what it's about. This country has is, is changed and we're experiencing some difficult times. And you may be part of that. This person that lost his business, he's a friend of mine, and he's involved in ministry. He's ready to lose everything. And my heart just aches for him. Scripture says that we're going to face these things. But here's the good news. Here's the last one. You've got the good news and the bad news, and here's the good news. I'm going to read a scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Apostle Paul said, There is no temptation that has overtaken you, No temptation that has grasped you and taken you down, except what's common to mankind. And here's, here's the key. I've got this underlined. God is faithful. You need to hear this. God is faithful. I love that. God is faithful. It says that he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But not if you're tempted, but when we are tempted, when we're tempted to loosen our grip, to ease up, when we're tempted... God will provide a way of escape so that we can stand up and endure it. doesn't say it's going to be easy, but God is faithful. God is faithful. In the worst of times, in the, in the times when, we, when we're thinking, is can, we, can it go any further? I'm thinking about the Egyptians coming against the Hebrews, and the Israelites looked and saw the sea, and they turned, and they saw this massive army coming to kill them, to destroy them. I don't know if I had the faith to know now that God was going to be faithful, but he actually parted a sea so that they could go through it, and then he destroyed their enemies. Story about a Goliath and a young kid. God is faithful in the most difficult of situations. And in our situations, when the temptations are coming and they're getting us to lose our grip on on the Lord, God is still faithful. Faithful. Part of Jesus' mission, his why, is to then to equip us, to encourage us to be his ambassadors, to be his mouthpieces, to be his examples to the lost, to the spiritually lost, to those who are in need. So God just doesn't have us here to have a nice Sunday morning, beautiful weather, and that's it. He wants to remind us and let us know that he is faithful and he wants to equip us to let other people know how good he is. So in my lifetime, there's two things I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. One, I owe God everything. I'm indebted to Him for the rest of my life till I breathe my last. And then two, I want to tell people how good He is. We don't, I don't need a, a stage or microphone, but my, nor, my neighbors, my relatives, and they need to see that in my life. So that's part of God's mission. Satan's mission is just the opposite. He wants to get us distracted. He wants to keep us, even if we're happy, just keep us silent. And God has a different mission for us. There was a survey taken of 300 Christian leaders. And this is sad. When I first heard this from one of my staff, I just, my heart broke because I know I've talked with uh, these pa- other, other people that have gone through this they have fallen morally fallen into sin fallen morally but it's kind of interesting here this is what they had in common all 300 uh, they took the 300 in, in the survey the first thing was their, they all had in common was their first misstep and it was they gave in to something a sin that seems to be so small maybe not giving holding on and letting everyone think they gave. Maybe not telling the whole truth. Maybe turning and running from that temptation. Maybe that flirtation a little further. But their first misstep was giving in to the smallest temptation and then justifying it. It's said that it's easier to get through a day without a, a glass of water than it is to, for a justification. So to justify our missteps, that was a mistake. The second one is they, um, that led to the second small misstep that was a little further into that temptation. And then convincing them they, themselves that they weren't so wrong. And this is something, this is the saddest part, that this is what all 300 said that they had in common, that they said this quote, or a, a form of this, they, ne- they thought that it would never happen to them. They said it would never happen to me. That's what their thought was. And all 300 have fa- had fallen. Some of them lost their, their families, their marriage, and then their good name in the community. There's a story, and you can look it up online, how to boil a frog. I don't know if you've heard of it. It sounds kind of gross to me, but it's kind of interesting to me. I didn't know anything about this. We threw frogs when I was a little kid, and we, we hunted for them as a little kid. But how you boil a frog, here's what you do. You take a frog, and here's what you don't do. You can't get boiling water and put the frog in there because the frog hops out. So the way you boil a frog, it, it don't take notes to boil a frog, by the way. Uh, but if you're going to boil a frog, they say you put it in this tepid water, this really kind of lukewarm water. And the frog is just chilling there, saying, this ain't bad. The guy, the guy, big guy put me in this water. I'm okay. And then you slowly start turn the flames up gets a little warmer, a few degrees warmer, and a few degrees warmer, and a few degrees warmer. Then there's a point when the frog is so exhausted from the heat and it can't get out. And that's how you boil a frog. And I think Satan's idea and one of his tactics is the same. Slowly waiting for those weaknesses. Why am I talking about Satan? Because out of this passage, I think it helps us to understand and to get to know Jesus a little bit better. So for us this morning... If you're being tempted, to loosen your grip on the Lord, to loosen your focus and obedience to God. So for us, if we're being tempted, or we've given in to that temptation, God has some good news this morning for us. And that is, if, we'll, if we listen to Him, He'll speak to us. And He calls us to confess our sins. Because He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess. He doesn't say, clean up first, be good first. If we confess our sins in our heart, we know that we have sinned. The next one is he's called us to repent, to change, and to be forgiven. That's the good news. Now why? Two reasons. One, God wants us in his presence. He wants us to be free in our worship of him. He wants us in his presence. And then the second one is he wants to get us ready to tell people how good he is. And there's something about me hearing from somebody who has been saved, who God has cleaned up, who God has rescued. I want to hear their story. And so does the world need to know that. How do we combat those temptations? Lastly, I'll read three things. Close with this. When Jesus had fasted for 40 days, the enemy, the devil himself, said, okay, I want to get you off of this in his mind. He said, If you're the son of God, make these stones become bread. Like, come on, get out of the fast. And here's how Jesus combated it. It is written. It is written. So this right here is one of our tools to know this and to understand it. It's reliable. It's the inerrant word of God. It's inspired, and God wants us to understand it. He said, it is written. And then the second one was to test God. To throw himself down, Satan tried to do that. And Jesus combated it again with saying, it is written. And then the third time, he said, "If I'll give you everything. If you just stop worshiping your father and point that worship towards me. And Jesus combated him again. Instead of like hitting him in the face, instead of like arguing, he said, away from me, it is written. You should worship the Lord God and him only. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you that you have given us your son as the perfect example of somebody who's walked in our shoes and understands and yet has been faithful. And I pray, Father, today if we are struggling with the temptations, if we've given in, that you would light us up on the inside. Remind us, Lord, that you've got great news, that you're here and waiting, to, waiting for us to come to you we love you Lord we thank you for your word it's so powerful in Jesus name Amen thank you
0: thank you very much uh, Barry Um, as we continue in worship I'd love to give you an update last week's tithes and offerings was 13,437 I continue uh, to be humbled by your fidelity and you're giving uh, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Thank you very, very much. Um, it's an honor and a privilege, and I miss you terribly. Um, let's continue in worship, and this morning's offerings and tithes are now received.
4: Call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where fiend may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. I will call upon your name And keep my eyes above the waves When oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours And you are mine Grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where fear may fail and fear surrounds me, you never failed and you won't start now. eyes above the waves when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for i am without borders let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my saints.
3: Because we're not strong enough to pray as we should God has provided Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to intercede for us in power in that confidence now we ask God to hear our prayers pray with me as God's people <coughs> called to love one another let us pray for the needs of the church the whole human family And all the world. God of light and truth, you have sent your beloved Son to manifest your grace and truth. Make his church also be the light of the world. May our church here be like a lampstand that gives light to everything around it. May our light shine before others in our daily life that they may see the things we do and give you the glory we pray for the whole of creation this morning overthrow evil right what is wrong you are sovereign over all the nations direct those who make administer and judge our laws that guided by your wisdom they may lead us in the way of righteousness O Lord, you have told us that if we humble ourselves and pray, you will forgive our sins and heal the land. Events this past week have shown us how much our land needs to be healed. And we come humbly before you and ask you to intervene as the nation prepares for a change of leadership. Bring peace among the people remove divisions, and bring people together as one nation united in common cause. Mighty and merciful God, you sent Jesus to heal broken lives. We give thanks that today you also send healing through doctors, medicine, and technology. We claim your promise of wholeness as we pray for those who are ill in body mind or spirit, and who long for your healing touch. Make the weak strong, the sick well, and the broken whole. Our state records overwhelming numbers of people sick with COVID. Many deaths, full hospitals. We feel helpless knowing the best thing we can do is wear our masks and stay away from people. Help us to be faithful in doing that. We pray that this disease may be brought under control. We pray for all in our congregation who are ill today. Buzz and Keith Costlin, and we give praise that Buzz is now home from the hospital. We pray for the Griffiths family, for Olivia Hara and her mother for Amy's sister's caregiver. We pray for all of these families who are now in quarantine to protect others. We pray for healing of all symptoms and for restored health. We pray that the vaccine will soon be available to the many waiting for that protection. We pray for all who grieve the loss of a loved one through COVID or from other causes. We ask your comfort and peace be with the DeBerard family as they grieve the sudden death of their son Bob last week. As he is laid to rest, we pray that they find comfort in their faith and in the knowledge of the great reunion that awaits them. Eternal God, you created us by your power and redeem us by your love. Guide and strengthen us by your spirit that we may give ourselves in love and service to one another and to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen
5: may the Lord have his hand on us today may the Lord equip us may the Lord give us strength to stand firm may the Lord continue to work in our hearts so that he may work through us to let the world know the good news. May he have his hand on you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and thank you for coming.